0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Special technique of shadow Hey everybody, what's up, what's going on, what's good? This here is the October 17th, 2021 episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I'm your host, J.R. Bell, the leader of the Boxing Source. Be sure to, you know, catch us on social media through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, through YouTube. Uh, we got a uh, couple of guests scheduled. To be uh, part of this show, Uh, hopefully uh, they could get on here uh, later on down the line. Um, So, uh, but also, you know, wanted to talk about uh, what happened yesterday. Um, You know, of course, you know, kind of like you know, we we had a a upset uh, of very very uh, considerable upset uh 10 to 1 odds um as sandor martin was able to score a decision victory over mikey garcia handing mikey garcia his second professional loss um and it was by majority decision two scores of 97 to 93 with one score of 95 to 95 um it was uh one thing where you know you kind of like seeing mikey garcia <laughs> not really looking uh that good at all um now it looked like it was mikey garcia being mikey garcia but he was you know a whole lot slower than some may have expected um you know it was something to the point where you know you kind of felt like um you know Uh, He wasn't really reacting that well um, to, you know, what um, Sandor Martin was doing. Uh, Sandor Martin was, you know, continuously landing uh, left hands on Mike Garcia over the course of the fight, where, like, Mike Garcia just looked like he was tentative in his, uh, you know, pursuit of Sandor Martin as he was, you know, backing up Sandor Martin uh to the ropes, but Martin was able to, you know, either hit him with a lead left hand or come in with a, you know, good little combination uh before getting out of the line of vision for Mikey Garcia. And it was basically that for the majority of the ten rounds. Um you didn't really see Mikey Garcia pick up his activity uh over the course of the bout, like in the you know, in the second half of the fight, particularly from like round 7, 8, and 9, you know, you would have thought that he would have had some type of, you know, urgency as to, you know, hey, maybe I'm, you know, a little bit down in the fight. Maybe, you know, uh, I'm, I'm kind of like seeing what's going on uh, here with Sandor Martin and maybe he might have a little bit of an edge uh, here in this particular fight. Uh, but he just looked like he was still going through the motions still just throwing one shot at a time one shot at a time or just waiting until you know he felt like he got sandal martin in a good position for him to you know kind of like throw any type of combinations and he just waited for sandal martin to do something and when Sandomartin martin threw his uh shots whether it was like i said the left hands or combinations. He was a little bit more active. Uh, He seemed like he uh, got more, you know, out of it. And that just uh, got it to the point where, hey, where was the overall urgency coming from Mike Garcia? Now, yeah, I know Mike Garcia didn't necessarily have a fight until, you know, that February, late February of 2020. Uh, over at the star in Frisco, Texas against Jesse Vargas. But, you know, you would think from a uh, skill standpoint that Mikey Garcia would be able to have more for Sandor Martin uh, to kind of like overwhelm him up to a point and just get the upper hand. But it just looked like, you know, he was just not that impressed or whatever it was or not that impressive over the course of those rounds. And it just ended up being uh, the instance where, I mean, hey, Mike Garcia just didn't uh, get the win Um, real quick. uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Let's see if uh, he uh, was able to uh, get um, instances on what was happening in this fight. Uh, Want to see if I could add on uh, brother Mike Uh, to this particular uh, episode here. Um, Were you able to uh, see what happened uh, with uh, Mikey Garcia against Sandor Martin? Uh, Hold on, Mike. Mike, yeah, hold on. Go ahead. See if you could, I think there was uh, something going down.
1: Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said yeah, I
1: didn't. I said watch it. I didn't watch it. <laughs> ah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I saw yeah. the uh, the replay. Mm-hmm. From what the replay looked like, it didn't look like um, Mikey Garcia sort of pressed as much as he needed to.
0: Yeah, that was uh, basically um, the instance. It was just uh, him not really you know, doing what he needed to do in order to show like, hey, I mean, I'm a much better fighter than Sandor Martin is. And that, you know, it kinda like feels like he uh was just playing down to his competition. Sandor Martin, you know, had a uh you know a whole bunch of fights over in uh, Spain. Um, you know, had like a couple of losses in his professional career. Lots of fights, only a couple of losses, but the high majority of his fights were you know there in um you know there in spain so uh that's what you know basically happened there but uh anything in reference to um what what um you know he was doing
1: well i mean i didn't i didn't watch it specifically so i can't speak on the specifics but but like from the replays you know which is which is not a good thing to base to base my decision off of but this is like my team was doing more uh from the replays and you know they at least showed more highlights of him landing. I mean I, I didn't watch so what can you do? But I, I would I'd I'd be interested to hear your opinion on it.
0: Yeah, man. I mean it was it was just uh and in some some in some instances it looked like you know people were talking about um with uh, Mikey Garcia that it looked like his layoff um, might have been a factor but i was like well even with that being said like you you got to have it to the point where you know you're you feel like you know you're um a much better fighter than martinez and that you should be able to overwhelm him and and take him out and you know do that type of thing you know like you know like how one of our guests usually says if you know that you're supposed to get this person out of there then you've got to get them out of there and there was like no sense of urgency coming from mikey garcia at any point of the fight um i didn't really see like any elements where you know he could have been you know much uh better uh than sandal martin and so you know, over the course of the fight, like when things just kept going on and on and on, uh, you just seen Sando Martin uh, get the better of uh, Michael Garcia. And then, you know, after that, it was just like, okay, wait, does it seem like Sando Martin is winning the fight? Or maybe Sando Martin is winning the fight. Um, and so it was like, oh, man, so now we got – you know, it seemed like it was going round eight, round nine. And you didn't really see anything where, you know, kind of like Mikey Garcia was stepping on the gas or anything like that. And so when it got through those 10 rounds and, you know, even though uh, Mikey Garcia kind of picked up the action a little bit, Sandor Martin answered. And so once those 10 rounds were done, I mean, props to those two judges that did give seven rounds to Sandor Martin and not really... Necessarily have it to an instance where it could have been a you know hometown decision. You know it was there in uh, the air in the home area for uh, Mikey Garcia, but he was just really um, not performing well at all there in this particular fight. And uh, I mean, I was like, y'all, this is a huge step back there for Martin, for Mikey Garcia, considering that he you know had a lot of the fights that he was supposed to be having at 147 pounds. And then he kind of like, had hey, like a little bit of a catch weight here for this particular fight at 143, 144, given that Sandor Martin had a majority of his fights, his previous fights at 140 pounds. So if you're going to have something like that, then, hey, you pretty much negotiated for like a cash weight of sorts and everything like that. And, um, you know, I mean that that's how things uh, that's how things uh, go sometimes when you're not really you know looking you know towards what your opponent is you have like these potential uh, fights that you're talking about having uh, over I guess the course of the time that you were out and so you end up having a fight with Sandor Martin and it's you know I guess a letdown but the thing about it is sometimes you got to be able to convinced that you should be able to get in the ring against those guys and show that with your level and your ability that you can defeat someone like a Sando martin and blow right by him and then you could put yourself in position to you know fight for a world title or fight these higher profile fights that you were talking about leading into this match because he was talking about, you know, potentially fighting for a world title at walks away. You know, you got guys like your Dennis Lucas as a uh, world champion. Uh, you got, of course, Errol Spence as a unified champ. Um, Terrence Crawford going ahead and fighting uh, Sean Porter. Um, but then, you know, you also had like him talking about potentially fighting maybe uh, Regis Prograis or Josh Taylor at 140. And you're talking about having all of these potential matchups, but you got a fight right ahead of you and you're going in there looking like you're looking, then you really weren't necessarily, you know, ready to go ahead and fight those guys. If you don't have the ability to, you know, beat someone like Sandor Martin who really hasn't had a fight of that caliber yet. So, you know, my thing is with Mikey Garcia is, um, I mean, now, it, 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 who knows? Because this wasn't, like, necessarily like a title fight of sorts. So it's not like you really could have a rematch or anything like that, you know, um, given given the circumstances. And, I mean, now, you know, with him having the type of uh, deal that he had as far as, like, you know being able to pull in a lot of money uh to fight and you could have potential matchups against uh you know a um guy like a um uh, regis prograce or josh taylor specifically regis prograce then now how is that fight gonna be like is there might not be really any interest in that fight now and regis prograce is you know re- immediately reacted Uh, after the results and was like, man, like he really missed out on the shot to, you know, face Mikey Garcia for, you know, a good amount of money. But I guess with Mikey Garcia, he just looked like he was going through the motions through this. And I think with, um, you know, everything that's happening uh, after the fight, it's almost like people are starting to, you know, put, you know, or, or criticize Mikey Garcia overall in that, yeah, he was a multi-division world champion and things like that, but, um, was he really a very, very talented fighter? Because sometimes when you talk about guys that are multi-division world champions, you would consider them among like the guys that were considered as pound for pound fighters, uh, guys with great skill and things like that. But, um, from here, from Mikey Garcia, it looks like all, he does a lot of things good, but nothing great. And so, with that being said, that's how you know you don't have him like going and blowing by a lot of these guys uh, here in these uh, multiple divisions, whether it was at 140 or at 147. So um, that's just a definite setback uh, there for Mikey Garcia in this particular case, and. Um, it's going to be something to uh, see what happens uh, uh, after this, as far as like, is he going to continue his career? Um, you know, people are saying that he wasn't all too interested in, you know, really fighting like that. Um, so now it's like, what's the next direction there? Does he really have the hunger to do it anymore? You know? So, um,. Uh, What what do you think about, uh, you know, Mikey Garcia overall, you know, as far as like what what else he could do since he's like pretty much in limbo at 140 and 147?
1: Well, I think the the uh, statement that that's always relevant is that true talent tells over time. And, you know, it's going to sound like I'm piling on Mikey, but. I thought Mikey was a good fighter, but I didn't think he was uh, a great fighter. <laughs> so, I, I, I um, you know, again, it's going to sound like I'm proud on him, but I expected – I didn't expect him necessarily to lose, you know, due to matchmaking and due to just his uh, pedigree. But I expected once he fought the higher-level fighters, you know, above uh, Adrian Boner, Above a B minus level fighter, then he would start losing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, I'm not saying Martin is a B whatever fighter because he might not be. But all I am saying is I I expected that when he did fight those type of fighters, he was going to lose. So, I think that's what's happening now.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good point there with um the thing for Mike Garcia. He was able to face. And beat Adrian Broner, um, who, you know, was also somebody that kind of like went up multiple divisions and won titles in multiple divisions. But once he, you know, got in the ring with, um, you know, a a regular fighter or something like that, uh, then, you know, it kind of like derailed, um, his like overall trajectory. Um, but here in this case with Mikey Garcia, he's just going up against somebody that, had not been in a fight of, of this type of caliber, you know, going up against a, a fighter, uh, the likes of a Mikey Garcia. And he was able to, you know, perform, uh, you know, in that ring, like, you know, there was no pressure in him at all. Um, that, you know, he felt like he was, you know, he was very confident going into the fight. Like he said that, Hey, I got this plan. I'm going to go ahead and execute this plan. And this is going to get me the win in this fight. And he was able to execute what he needed to execute because, I mean, if if you see Mikey Garcia, it seems like, you know, he could be, um, you know, fairly talented in a sense. But when he fights, he fights, you know, flat-footed a lot. Like, he is very uh, flat-footed. And so while he moves towards his opponent – it's almost like he, you know, kind of um, gives his opponent time to get to get out of the pocket. And so what ends up happening is, is that you know once he, you know, gets himself out of the pocket, um, but you know, uh, and, and the thing for uh, Martin was he had so many opportunities to get himself, you know, out of the pocket and have Mikey Garcia reset and. That's basically what the story was for the majority of that fight. Mikey Garcia just slowly stepping in, stepping in, and then Sando Martin being able to, you know, catch him with the left or come in with a couple of punches and then get out of the pocket and then have Mikey Garcia reset. And he didn't really see any type of adjustment from Mikey Garcia. And I thought it was, you know, fairly interesting that you he didn't really have much of plan B, um, you know his trainer there or robert garcia uh didn't really have much of a plan b or if he did then mike garcia didn't really execute it um and and that was that so i mean we, we it is i just feel like you know maybe mikey garcia just you know had like a little bit of a plan as far as like what he wanted to do in his career and you know almost executed it because You know, a few years back, he was talking about, you know, going up with 147 and facing the likes of Errol Spence Jr. and Manny Pacquiao. And, well, he was able to get a fight with Errol Spence Jr., uh, but, you know, he lost by a wide margin to Errol Spence Jr. And then, um, you know, kind of fell short with the fight with uh, Manny Pacquiao. Um, But, you know, outside of that, He still could have had opportunities to get himself in position for good fights, whether it was at the 100 or 147-pound division, and, you know, he still, you know, just didn't go forward with most of those. Um, So that was the thing on that, man. I mean, I I thought that uh, he would have been able to just get through this fight, look forward to, you know, 2022, and potentially have, you know, more... Uh, Higher profile bouts in 2022 with the win over Sando Martin, but uh, Martin just had different plans in uh, that particular instance. And so, you know, with that being said, now Sando Martin uh, pretty much uh, has uh, a lot of options available, you know, for him, you know, whether it's at 140 pounds or, you know, maybe 147 pounds. I doubt it would be at 147, uh, but. He would be able to open himself up to, you know, potentially uh, getting something uh, there f- at 140 pounds. I just felt like it was, you know, kind of crazy uh, that um, the odds were pretty much like 10 to one, uh, you know, in favor of like uh, Mikey Garcia. So that, you know, if you if, if you had the chance, to, like, put down on Sando Martín, whether it was, you know, ten dollars or a hundred dollars it would you know return tenfold if you were able to get the win um but you know that's how the thing kind of like broke down uh there for this particular bout um you know, we've got a few things uh coming up here uh next week uh you know we have the uh, wbo super featherweight title uh, bout that's going to be uh, on uh saturday night that's going to be in atlanta um but uh before we get into that Uh, We got our special guest coming up here uh, as on October 29th in Washington, D.C. It's going to be Beltway Battles uh, Volume 1. And we got, of course, our guy, Helen, uh, in the uh, Maryland area, originally from Barbados. I was part of the Barbados National Team, of course, uh, competing in the featherweight division, along with our coach, Coach Ford, it is the soldier. Cobia, Soldier. Breedy. What's up? What's up? What's going on? What's good over here, man? Hold on, hold on. Let's let's edge. I got you. There we are. What's up? you can we hear us? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All yes, right.
3: Uh, what's up? What's up? Yeah, what's, what's good? Also, what's everyone? the DMV. Shout out, shout out. Shout out to <laughs> Coach Floyd. shout out to everybody, uh, shout out to all people in the DMV, I want to give a shout out to uh, my man Derek for making it happen and the uh, Rising
0: Stars Promotions, and everybody that's been a part of this journey so far. Yeah, that's right, uh, through Rising Stars Promotions, it's going to be Beltway Battles uh, here as Coach. You got Coach Floyd here with uh Soldier Greedy, and he is gonna be part of the main event. Ten round bout against Suleiman Sagawa, uh there in the featherweight division. Um, you know, it's uh gonna be your first fight back in a little while, man. Uh you haven't had a fight for like pretty much a, a year or so, man. So um how you feeling, you know, about a couple weeks away getting back in the ring. Man, it's very really, I'm excited, man. I'm happy.
3: I'm just ready to get back. To go to war, you know. We've been preparing for a whole year with the ups and downs, just waiting to see when the soldier will be back in the ring. And now is the time for us to go to war and put all this hard work and hard training into effect.
0: Word, word, man. I like that. I like that. Now, um, I know you be training like every day there with Coach Floyd and all of that. Um, but, yeah, everything, right? But Um, You know, how is it, you know, having this uh, thing here where you're preparing for uh, Suleiman Sagao, who, you know, had like a pretty good uh, amateur background uh, there, but, you know, has a few things here where he's a little bit experienced uh, in the pro game as well. Um, Right now, you know, the
3: soldier mode, we stay war ready. My coach, my team, they, you know, prepare me for what battle I got going, you know, if I got to fight a sergeant ready if i got to salute them you know why i go to war i do what i gotta do but you know me i stay in the jungle stay war ready like you know going the desert for a little bit in las vegas shout shadow box and come back here and wrestle with an alligator whatever they want you know I me mean? i you know i just crack you know head like a shark whatever i'm ready war ready i stay ready don't get ready yo let me put
2: okay? it <laughs> For you guys watching, for you guys who want to come to the fight, honestly, this can be one of the best fights you guys have ever seen. I mean, with uh, Cody Soldier Breed. one of the best fights actually was a year ago with King Tut. One year later, um, we we never took off. We never took off. We're always in the gym training. Um, Cody Soldier Breed is gonna show you guys something, man. I mean, um. I think one of the best satellites is out there right now, which is Kobe Soldier Brady. Um, the hard work he put in, the dedication. When I say military style, war ready. When he says war ready, he's really mean war ready. Because when he steps into the ring, you gotta be ready to go to war to deal with him. Knock down, get up, drag down, in the ring, out the ring, whatever sulan brings, we're gonna be ready for it no matter what, no matter what he brings. So as far as the training man, we train whenever. 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, 12 o'clock at night. When he's sleeping, we're training. When he's training, we're training. When he thinks about training, we're training. That's just the way it is. I mean, if you look at that, we're in the gym right now. We do this all day, all day, every day. So um, I think the fan for Barbados, Fans of the Caribbean Islands, fans Washington D.C. for the U.S. They're going to really appreciate this fight. It's going to be a really good fight, and it's, oh, and yeah. it's the Continental American title, so it's like a title fight too. So that's
0: a good start. Yep, that's right. Uh, this uh, ten-round bout will be uh, the WBC Continental Americas title uh, will be on the line in this uh, particular fight here between Kobe Reedy and Suleiman Sagawa. So um, that's going to definitely uh, be a good, good, good battle there uh, that's going to take place in Washington, D.C. Now, uh, Colbia, um, you know, we kind of like talk about this a few times here with Coach Floyd, but uh, kind of like going to, you know, your method of like training because you, you know, have various different styles uh, that you go through, you know, because, You know, you have different methods of uh, getting out your offense, but also different methods of, you know, working your defense as well. So, kind of like going to, you know, your training regimen in the ring where you kind of like learn those different styles. Man, Man, I got seven different styles. So,
3: like Coach Floyd just said, whatever suits my brain, I'm going to be prepared, I'm going to be ready. If I gotta if I gotta go Toro, i go Toro. If I gotta fence him, I gotta fence him. If I wanna box him, I gotta box him. Whatever I gotta do to to bring on the belt, I gotta do what I gotta do. War ready. So in other words, in other words, put it this way.
2: You watched Deontay Wilder fight the other day. He mm. tried to switch up and hit to the body and just he got tired and just went out the window. And Wilder just went back to his regular form of boxing, which couldn't be could be fury. So if he was able to fight a different way or had different ways that he's been fighting his whole career, he would have been able to maybe change the fight around. But that one style that he could not be Fury. So no matter what he does, he cannot be fury with that type particular style. And he's do somewhat all in the game to, to, to learn something new, I guess. They say it's hard to teach an old dog new trick, and that's real. It's hard. But they just can revert back to what they was doing. We started off, when you said about our styles. we got like seven different ways to fight. So even if Suleiman Corner look at us in the first round and say, hey, do this, this, and that, the next round I might switch it around. The next round I might switch. We have 10 rounds. We're going to keep switching, switching. By the time we try to figure it out, the fight is over. You know, and that's the exciting part about it's training style, and when we say the military style, because we mm-hmm. train, we train the anybody that comes in the ring, fast hand, slow hand, footwork, come at you, move. Doesn't matter. We have something for it. That's preparation. That's why I said it's gonna be a great fight. So anybody who watched Kobe Freedy in the past always comes out, oh man, that little kid, can. Cause he keeps, he keeps coming. He's going to keep mm-hmm.
0: coming. He's going to keep putting punches up there. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting fight. Yeah, there with uh, Suleman Sagawa. Um, he's coming in there, you know, at 5'8", uh, with, you know, a 69-inch reach. But this is not like, you know, Kobe's first rodeo. He's fought multiple fighters that have been, you know, taller than him. So you've, you know, been able to guide him and coach him for guys that have the that longer reach or whatever it is and having you know kobe work through you know all of that in order to get off his offense uh there so I part of Mike Fox I am one
2: the Mike fox is six foot three so it's like you, you see what I'm saying so it's like one thing about boxing is preparation nothing is more serious than preparation. And, um, I mean, not to be boastful or nothing, you know, but Kobe Kobe is the type of guy, he's very few words. His thing is, you know, we're going to war, you're going to see war, and that's what you're going to get.
0: Yeah, that's the thing about it is that, you know, Kobe is there ready for anything, man, and and, and all that all of the styles that, you know, the opponent could have, you know, he's definitely ready for it. And, you know, we've been able to see that over the course of Kobe's professional career uh, there. So, um, you know, we're trying to see about him, you know, getting his way back into it Um, as far as, like, you know, being in the featherweight division, of course, you know, we had that uh, fight there against Tucson Yambira last year. But, you know, we're trying to get Kobe and Breedy back into that uh, line there so that he could put himself in position uh for your world title shot and this is like a first step and uh getting back in there
3: mm-hmm. this is the first step help man. i'll put the line be there at the dc uh sports arena you know soldier bridge really gonna go to war like always <laughs> and let's get it yo yeah,
2: right now right we're we feeling good right now tell them why you're feeling good Kobe. tell them why you want to tell a little bit more I uh, could, could tell, you
3: could tell, you tell. Yo,
2: man. Know. Hey, by the way, have you seen anything different with Kobe Soldier Greedy right now? Huh? See this right here? This right here? Yeah. No, Kobe has hair, <laughs> <here>, man. OK? <laughs> so he yeah. has a different mindset. He has a different <laughs> mindset. When you say soldier going to war with a full set of hair, he has a different mindset. So yo, this whole training camp, he wouldn't shave, he wouldn't cut his hair, he wouldn't do anything. <laughs> So we have to take outside in the trees, <laughs> hitting punching bag in the tree, you know, jumping off the roof. I mean this this type of training camp, you know, you push the sled in the snow, we pushing the sled around the block, mm-hmm. you know, pushing up the hill, down the hill. We just had a different we have fun doing the training camp. It's really been a lot of fun. And um yeah, this dude is ready, man.
0: Oh, no doubt, no doubt, man. Um Yo, talk about, you know, just uh, getting yourself uh, geared and ready. I know that, you know, you kind of like splitting up time. I mean, you know, you got the boxing life thing going on here and also in you know, your personal life, you got married life and everything like that. So what is it like balancing, you know, having the time here to be in the gym and then, you know, having the time there at home? How's that like for you there, Kobe? I mean, I mean it's, when, it's, when it's
3: time for me to, to be here in the gym to you know, go to war, I'm in camp, you know what I mean? I'm in camp mode, you know what I mean? So I'm just focused. I've been here for like, I've been here for two months now, away from family, away from all that, and just staying focused. Because, you know, one thing, one thing, you know, I you know my last fight, we thought we won, you know what I mean? I thought I won, but nothing changed. Mm-hmm. Same regimen, same thing is to be continued. Like always, we keep going forward.
0: Yeah, I feel you, I feel you. Now, you know, Coach Floyd was talking about, you know, you getting in there with Michael Fox and having, like, someone there around over six feet. Um, like, how is that to kind of, like, work around a long reach, like, with, from Michael Fox to, like, kind of get you prepared for someone like Suleiman Segawa? I mean, I mean, like,
3: it's... it's I'm have been sparring Michael Fox forever, so... And I've been I've been I've been, I've been... I've been... I've been with Gary Russell and his brothers, all them Southcores, so... And yeah. everybody was taller than me, so me fighting Mike Fox is like it's like a, a battle. A battle for positioning and getting in. But I, I know my keys and he know his keys, so October 29th, be ready.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so
3: yeah we've
2: did. been prepared for it, man. We've been prepared for for a lot of South I mean, for a long time. I mean, really, it's like no excuses for no, nothing. I mean, what happened in the past happened in the past. My mm-hmm. thing is this if we won that fight, which I felt we won, but if we got our hand raised for the last fight, this fight might not be happening. Simple. So, you know, the whole thing was after that fight, having, you know, your fighter, Kobe, keep his head up, stay focused, stay confident, you know, because big things will come to you in the future. You just need to yeah. stay. Don't get ready, stay ready. All the fighters out there, don't matter if you lose or if you win, if you get knocked out, you get back up, stay ready. Stay ready. Cause when the when the phone rings, you gotta pick it up. And when you pick it up, you gotta be ready
0: for it. So that's, exactly.
2: that's really working for.
3: Just stay ready.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that was that was the uh situation there with um, you know, two son young buyer. You were pretty much, you know, in that position where, you know, you took the call and you were like and they were like, hey. He got this spot for you to fight to something young buyer would you be able to take it and you know y'all were like yeah i mean we 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 ready this is the big opportunity so we got to be ready for it you know yeah. and, and you know y'all were able to get in there and get in that fight and you know like you said i mean it you know kind of fell short i, I feel like y'all you wanted to fight too you know but sometimes those are breaks you know yeah. uh but you know with that being said you still got to turn around and get yourself up geared and going and you know, now, look. you know, look at Jacoby. Like I said, you got all, you know, hair and then all the, you know, facial hair and everything <laughs> like that. So you definitely, uh, you'll give yourself gear for this fight here. Oh, yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. We're all ready. Yeah. And give some shout out to your people, man. One shout-out
3: to my Barbados people. One shout-out to the people in DMV. Shout-out to my, my team, Coach Floyd, um, my man Derek. Um, October 29th, man. We ready. Be there. And see the soldier go to war and that's all i have to say yeah really really
2: right now um as far as the bayesian people people from the caribbean especially barbados you know there's something big for them right now to have their young Kobe soldier Breedy from barbados bridgetown represent them because we haven't had a caribbean fighter fight in washington dc for titling i don't know when yeah okay and not only got his headline in the card and everybody who's from Washington, D.C., who knows Kobe, they're watching him rise. They're watching him rise three, four years ago. And now we're to the point where, okay, you're headlining the card. You're fighting for a WBC Continental title. Are you ready to step up for this? Yes, we are. If we're going to step up and show the fans and have, I mean, people are going to be excited. they got to be excited
0: because we're coming out to do some damage, man. We're going to work. No doubt, no doubt. Like I said, uh, you know, Kobe Abreedy, of course, being the main event here against Sulaiman Segal for the WBC Continental Americas Featherweight title at the Entertainment and Sports Arena in Washington D.C. That that's the main event. It includes, you know, Demarcus Chop Chop Corley's gonna be on there. Dominique Crowder uh, is gonna be fighting on this card. Samuel Cross is gonna be fighting on this card. Jaleel Hackett is going to be fighting on this card, and a few others here on this uh, thing on October 29th, uh, 2021. It's gonna, definitely going to be a very good event here in the Washington, DC area, so uh, be sure to check that out. Tell them about your sister. Let me tell you,
2: <laughs> See you, tell yeah, was- sister, the r and singer on the, on the Barbados, Bridgetown, she'll be singing the National Anthem for Barbados. So she'll be singing the Ashland for Barbados. Everybody was coming. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful singer, man. Army singer from Barbados. She's on point. So yeah, it's going to be nice. You think you you call sing too? You don't no, sing? <laughs> Yo,
0: I mean, Fury, right? No, I don't
3: want to sing that.
0: Anyone Anyone a fighter, hey, course, nah, he said uh nah, kobe said he gonna sing after the fight after he gets the win then he's gonna sing you know what i'm saying so so, so that's just gonna happen man uh yeah. but yeah man uh big up to you know y'all of course uh for joining in uh you know have definitely been a great guest uh guest uh every time you come through uh here on the boxing source uh Want to see if uh, you know you got anything uh, else here, Kobe and Coach? October
3: twenty
0: nine, be there. October twenty nine, be there, be square. Sure and sweet, right there. Exactly. So big up once again, Kobe and soldier Breedy in the building with this trainer, Coach Floyd Seymour, of course, representing the Caribbean. You know, brother. Kobe Abreedy there from Barbados and Coach Floyd coming from the 242 Bahamas. Uh, and you see, you see the Bahamas flag in the background right there, uh, part of it, in his gym. So definitely representing the Caribbean there. Thanks again for joining us out here, uh, Coach Floyd and Kobe Abreedy. And right, no, no problem, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate Being it. here on the source.
2: You know, peace, love, and care. to everybody out there. Definitely, man.
0: October twenty Be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Cool. Yeah. So that's uh definitely uh you know big thanks to you know Coach Floyd Kobe Soldier Breedy. I uh, was able to join uh, us uh, here for this uh, segment of the Boxing Source uh, Radio Show here. Uh, like I said, he's gonna be up uh, fighting. Suleiman Sagawa for the WBC Continental Americas uh, title at featherweight uh, 10 round bout Uh, It's going to be Friday, October 29th. So that's going to be definitely, you know, a a good little uh, thing there uh, for uh, the fans, the fight fans, um, you know, over in the Washington, D.C. area to go ahead and uh, check out. So uh, definitely looking forward to that uh, there, um, as, uh, we got a whole lot of action that's, uh, coming up, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, with the DC area and abroad, um, you know, we did, um, you know, definitely, uh, want to kind of like, um, you know, um, talk about the, uh, upcoming fight next weekend, uh, that's going to be in Atlanta, the WBO, Super featherweight championship fight: Jamel Herring versus Shakur Stevenson. Of course, Shakur Stevenson, former featherweight champion, uh, moved up to super featherweight. Um, now going up against Jamel Herring. Of course, uh, Jamel uh, Seprefi Herring, uh, previous guest uh, on the Boxing Source. Um, and this was a, this is a big matchup, you know, between uh, these two fighters. Man, now, I know that Shakur Stevenson is a very uh, talented fighter of course he is olympic silver medalist uh did lose to robesie ramirez uh, there in the olympics uh but you know he was able to get on to the pros and has had an undefeated record since had his uh win over joy gonzalez for the wbo featherweight title uh and now has moved up to super featherweight had a couple fights to super featherweight and is now the top contender for that title currently held by jamel herring who you know, had a great performance against Carl Frampton earlier this year, and uh, was definitely looking forward to this bout against Shakur Stevenson and, you know, definitely wants to hand Shakur Stevenson his first professional loss. There's like anything with uh, Jamel Herring. He is, you know, probably the most, I would say, accessible fighters in the sport of boxing. Uh, you could definitely, you know, if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, especially on Facebook, you know, he's definitely uh, forthcoming in what he's uh, doing, um, you know, as far as like preparing for this particular bout, Um, he's definitely on course to, um, you know, being on weight, you know, so to speak, um, you know, for this fight against Shakur Stevenson, and, um, you know, of course, you know, a lot of people, it seems like, are favoring Shakur Stevenson uh, for this particular bout. Um, I've seen lines of, you know, plus 670 or plus 650. Um, it was, at one point, as high as plus 700 for Shakur Stevenson. But, you know, he does have to deal with, you know, someone in uh, Jamal Herring that's much taller, has a long reach, um, you know, was training under, you know, um, b Boxing Academy and uh, in, based in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, but, you know, his head trainer is there as, uh, you know, Brian Bowmack McIntyre, uh, so he's, you know, training with the likes of, you know, Bud Crawford, Steven Nelson, among many others uh, there in the camp, so if there's going to be somebody that's really prepared for this uh, particular bout against Shakur Stevenson, it's going to be Jamal Herring, and so, you know, definitely, you know, looking uh, forward uh, for this particular fight. Uh, there that's going to be in Atlanta. Um, you know, speaking of Atlanta, I mean, it's we. I think we still have uh brother Mike uh, here uh, with us. Um, you know, given that this, uh, you know, fight is uh, going to be in Atlanta, um, I wanted to, you know, get your initial thoughts about it. Like, uh, you know, you have Shakur Stevenson there. You know, he was a former champion at uh, featherweight. Now here at super featherweight, you know, going up against, uh, you know, Jamel Herring. So, what do you, what do you think about this, uh, this one coming up?
1: So, I think it's actually a, a decent matchup. Jamel Herring's last fight was against who?
0: Carl Frampton. He got the knockout, or beat him really bad, right? Yeah, he beat, yeah, he beat him really bad in that one. He beat him really bad. It was really bad. How
1: much taller was he than? Carl Frampton because I know his reach. I remember the fight now. His reach was sort of what I mean, other than his skill, but his reach sort of facilitated the beatdown. How much taller was he than Carl Frampton?
0: Ooh, I think it was considerably tall because I think Frampton was like what, like five six or something like that. Because like Jamal Herring's there around like you know five eleven or I thought he was like closer to six feet, but he's he he's around like five ten. And Carl Frampton, you know, pretty much was like a featherweight uh, to me going up to super featherweight. So he was like 5'5". Five, five. So that's like, you know, like he's five inches taller than Carl Frampton is.
1: Yeah. And Shakur Stevenson, how tall is he?
0: Well, he's kind of like closer to like around what? 5'7"? Yeah, 5'7".
1: So it's gonna be a four four inch reach or so on him as well. And the arm yeah. length is how how much longer is his arm length? Do you know that?
0: Uh well they got like uh Stevenson at uh the arm length is or the reach is like sixty eight. Um and for you know, um Jamal Herring is like seventy two. Okay, so, so yeah, it's not almost yeah. like um like when um when Herring fought Lamont Roach. Yeah, so it's not that much
1: different. Not not that much of a noticeable difference. So right. I was I was trying to lead down the train of thought that, you know, the arm reach may be his benefit, but it was a four inch reach or was it a two inch reach? Oh, in that instance it was four. So between Stevenson and uh what's the name is a four inch, right?
0: Yeah, with uh Stevenson and Heron, yeah.
1: Okay, so I mean, a four-inch reach. I mean, it's still, that's still nothing to shy away from. So, I think his game plan is gonna be focused on using his reach, kind of making um, Stevenson walk into stuff, sort of like he did Frampton. I think that gives him the best opportunity, sort of fight off his back foot, use his jab like he always does. If he uses jab, and then Stevenson has to get around four inches uh, of, of glove, it's gonna be a tougher fight than what you know. Than what everybody expected to be, because to me Stevenson in his last fight, it was was that the one that was unimpressive, and it was just like very routine. He sort of had the same sort of uh, entrance, and it wasn't his 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 attack was not buried and stuff. Was that the fight?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was kind of similar to um, when he fought Toka Clary. Like he fought Jeremiah Nakathila pretty much the same way, just going through the motions winning every round but just going through the motions and so like in those previous two fights he won every single round you know but it was just like an instance where you know outside of the knockdown of uh, nakathila in the last fight he really didn't do much else give me one second yeah so i mean it was just the um it was just one of those things where, you know, kind of like Shakur Stevenson was, you know, really uh, good with just getting a win over, you know, those fighters. And, you know, a lot of people do talk about the talent level of Shakur Stevenson, but it's not like a talent level where you see like maybe like a, 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 like people bring up Terrence Crawford uh, against, you know, the fighters that he's fought in the past and, you You know he has a you know higher talent level, but he's able to show that talent level and get those guys out of there. Where in this case with Shakur Stevenson, like he has that talent level, but you don't see the the points where he's like, you know what, I could finish this guy. I'm going to take this guy out, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Or even outbox him such that
1: like you you have like when when laura was in his heyday, he would outbox guys, and it would be boring. But it's like I'm I'm a class above you, and I'm showing it through my boxing skills. What I was leading mm-hmm. to with Shakur Stevenson that that might bode in um, Herring's benefit is that we see Shakur Stevenson sort of has the same approach, same entrance, same sort of, you know what I'm saying? He beats you with speed, and he gets to the point before you does. And so if, if, if they are using what I think they will, like you said, he got a very smart coach. Uh, that's gonna get him a great game plan take advantage of his of his uh physical advantages and you know with that same interest and that same repetitive style it's it's a lot of space to eat really good in terms mm-hmm. of Jamel Herring and and you know make a lot of people upset so I mean between that space of of the repetitiveness of Stevenson let's see what they can do but I mean, depending, what I think is going to be the biggest de- dependent on how the fight goes is Stevenson's speed advantage over Herring. If it's like within a margin, like within each other close enough, yeah, that reach going gonna, to gonna give him trouble. And with him being repetitive, it's going to be the same type of fight. And then Herring going to, you know, discombobulating with the jab and then probably catch him like he did, what's his name, with them big shots. Like, it, I mean, it's gonna be big per se. It's gonna, it's just gonna be a clean, clean shot, which, which, yeah. which he gonna put speed on it eventually, and then the clean shot where he put speed on may hurt him. You know, it just depends on uh how much how much speed advantage that um Stevenson, yeah, Stevenson. Does, or does not possess. So that's gonna right. make it interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's um you know something to the point where timing would beat speed in this instance um you know good time it would be good speed and so you know if um you know harry was in the camp just looking at you know the guys that you know probably are considerably faster than him but you know if he just gets it to the point where he could just time he could just time stevenson and look at the movements that shakur stevenson has then you know maybe uh you know harry would be able to catch up with him you know, it's just that you got that one instance there where you know he's a taller fighter. Uh, he has the reach, but and and here's the thing too: both of these fighters are southpaws. So it's not like you know you're you're going up against an orthodox fighter. You got somebody where your you know open hand is not going to be you know available for that you know big right hand that probably other fighters have. So you probably just have this instance where. You know, you have your lead hand as the, as your right hand, so you'll be able to keep the distance from him and, and jab, you know, while just looking at, you know, what is going to happen with his left hand. But as long as you're able to jab on a consistent basis and be able to time him well, then you won't necessarily have to deal with the speed. You won't have to necessarily deal with, you know, that much uh, of his defensive abilities if you know how to, you know, properly space well keep that jab, keep that right hand out, and just uh, keep it uh, to the point where, you know, uh, Stevenson really doesn't have that much of a, you know, um, thing where he could just do something else with that, you know. So, um, you know, definitely, you know, looking forward to seeing what happens there in this particular bout because, I mean, this is a, a, a huge step up. For Shakur Stevenson, in this sense, he's been able to go through, you know, 16 fights and, uh, you know, get 16, you know, 16 wins. But um, this is definitely a uh, step up. But I actually do um, have another guest uh, that's able to jump on with us. Uh is definitely, um, you know, invited uh, through uh, Coach Floyd, uh, you know, spoken with him uh, before here on the Boxing Source radio show. Uh, Deals with uh, various uh, fighters and also, you know, they're under TMT, the money team, uh, out of the DC area. Mr. DC TMT himself, Brother Derek Curry, checking in. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, man? Oh, doing all good, Brother Derek, doing good. Uh, You know, just wanted to add you in here. I know that, you know, we've spoken a couple times, particularly. Uh, with um, the young prospect, Jaleel Major Hackett. Uh, He is going to be part of that uh, Beltway Battles card uh, over in the Washington, D.C. area on Friday, October 29th. So um, I wanted you to speak on that for a little bit. And I know that you've had like a busy weekend around the area too. So I just wanted to get you uh, talking about, um, you know, Jaleel Hackett being part of this card.
4: Yeah, it's, it's been a it's been a busy two weeks, man, but it has been fun. Uh it's been exciting. Um it's great to have Jaleel fighting at home. Uh it's it's great to be representing Kobe. you know, fighting for WBC in the Continental Belt. Um, you know, both of the guys were working very hard uh in the gym, uh daily, two times daily. And you know, we just ready to put it all in the
0: ring and, and make it happen. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I know that you've, you know, kind of like been a big part of uh, Kobe's uh, movements uh, here recently. Uh, I know that, you know, kind of like had him uh, going out there, I think it was over in Vegas. Uh, what it was it like? I think it was a couple months ago. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he was able to stop there over at the uh, Mayweather Boxing Gym. Uh, to kind of like show his skills and whatnot, you know, alongside there with uh, Jaleel Hackett. So um, we're definitely uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Jaleel Hackett. This should be his, uh, what, second professional fight coming up? Yeah, second professional fight coming up, and we got one or two more after that before the end of the year. Oh, so you definitely having him busy uh, here uh, within the next uh, couple months. Definitely.
4: Oh, no. uh, so, Jaleel, Jaleel will be fighting on October the 29th on the Battle, uh, battle of the Beltway fight card uh, with rising promotions. Um, mm. And he will be fighting a four-rounder. And then after that, we plan on bringing him right back December the 5th um, on Tank Davis um, Rolfe fight card. And uh, that fight will be in Las Vegas. I mean, I'm sorry, in L.A. at the state. L.A., station. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. then we have another fight possibly lined up for him uh, right at the end of the year,
0: So we're we yeah, going to end I, the year out in the bang. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Definitely having him uh, being very busy, man. Uh, you know, kind of, you know, that was the last, last time I saw y'all was, you know, there at that uh, Tank Davis uh, Mario Barrios card. So you yeah. know, I mean, y'all were taking that out. Y'all were there pretty much like front row uh, by the rings So you were able to see all that action and um, you know that was a definite uh, good atmosphere uh, there, Definitely. and you know I know that Jalil is working towards uh, getting himself to kind of like be that headliner, uh, just like uh, Tank Davis is right now. You know, but Definitely. still Definitely. going Definitely. through this process here. Like you said, I mean he has his second fight four rounder coming up, and then he's right back at it on December fifth.
4: Yeah, yeah, and Jalil is putting in the work, man. He's done everything we've asked of him, and more. You know, I couldn't be more happier for him. And, you know, we we he got a bright future ahead of him. He has a very, very bright future ahead of him. And, you know, we have a plan in place to get him to that point and get him to that level, you know, where Tank is. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's not going to happen overnight. It's a process. But, you know, right. we're we going to follow the process and, and 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 take it all the way to the top. But it, it's no doubt in my mind. That he's gonna become a world champion one day and he's gonna be a world champion
0: in multiple uh weight divisions mm. so with uh, him being a champion of multiple weight divisions that was actually gonna go to uh what i wanted to talk about next because i mean he's currently there at welterweight and you know he's young so he's definitely got time to grow right so yeah <laughs> so he's definitely you know available to you know do his thing at welterweight and then eventually get up there to Super welterweight, and then you know, possibly grow, you know, grow up a couple inches and, and get into the middleweight division too. Oh, he's gonna get the middleweight, no doubt about it. I mean, Jaleel is only eighteen.
4: I mean, he's still growing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I met Jaleel, when he was fifteen, I think Jaleel was only five seven,
0: maybe, mm-hmm. and Jaleel's like five ten now. No. Yeah. 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 He's, he's probably going to get it above, above six feet. Oh you know? yeah.
4: see, Jalil is He's a
0: big heavyweight. Um, so, I
4: mean, I'm sorry, a big, uh, uh welterweight. Yeah, weight, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he's got, he's got, he hadn't come into his man, uh, body yet, but he's getting in. but you know, we're going to take it one weight class at a time and, um, focus on the welterweight, you know, uh, Right now, the welterweight is very thick, probably the thickest in boxing with talent, mm-hmm. like the pool of mm-hmm. talent. Um, but, you know, with Jaleel, by him being 18, uh, you know, the Sean Porters, the Terrence Crawfords, the Earl Stinson, by the time Jaleel gets to be 20, you know, they they'll all will be moved up in either moved up in weight or retired for the most part. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Uh, he got he has a bright future that at that walks away division
0: Oh yeah no doubt no doubt and you no know, I think uh you know you got all of those guys that the there, like you said uh you know including the Keith Thurman's and, and 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 uh the Dennis Suguses and all of that yeah they're they're pretty much either be moved up or or retired and even some of the guys that you know people are talking about that may be next might end up moving up after about a couple of years because I, I just feel like though like the guys that they talk about like the Ennis and and uh, Virgil Ortiz is, like they may end up moving up as well you know right, so right. so you definitely would have that little space there of course you know for Jaleel Hacker to do his damage there in the one hundred forty seven pound division so right, you know right. we're definitely looking forward to that. Um, And and not
4: only that, but also, you know, it's funny, me me and Jaleel were talking the other day and he said, D-Man, you know, honestly, I can make this weight so easy. Man, if something come open at 140, I can get down to 140 and we can go get it.
0: (laughs) Mm, man. So, man, that that must mean he really isn't, you know, that much, you know, uh. Up, you know, that high above around that one forty-seven limit, he might not, oh, you know, be that. to the point where you know, even if it's like what they call welterweight, he could be there at like one forty-five, one forty-four. So, yes, exactly. if need be, he could just cut down that you know remaining four pounds, be four or five pounds, and just make one forty or be right. That would be, be water weight, and he could put that right back on. <laughs> yeah, you so, know, so, yeah, so that the
4: the sky's the limit. We we have many options and options are always a good thing.
0: Oh, without question, without question there. Now, um, yeah, kind of going to, um, you know, the continuing relationship that you have there, you know, with little Hackett and, you know, his father, his father's there as his, uh, you know, head trainer, uh-huh. um, you know, so how like how are y'all building that relationship as far as like, you know, getting him to, you know, where he is now as a pro, you know, linking them up with the money team, and you know, of yeah, course, with Leonard Ellerbe and Floyd Mayweather and all that.
4: Well, you know, we we, we it, it's interesting because we built the 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 blessing of this whole thing is we built that rapport and that relationship uh, before Jaleel even signed with Mayweather Promotion, so we had that time to kind mm-hmm. of build that rapport, build that relationship, uh, understand each other. And 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 trust the process and trust each other. Um, so that was the blessing. It wasn't a thing where I met Jamil and then a week to a month later we signed him. You know, uh, we kind of built that rapport and built that continuity for about eighteen months. Uh, so you know, our, our circle is real small, which is good. I always say, the smaller the circle, the better it is. Um, everybody's on the same page. Everybody has the same goal. And, and to me, that's the key. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to, you're going to have disagreements that, that come, that's just life. Um, But you know, you talk about it and ultimately with Jaleel, by him being 18 now, you know, I'll tell him like, Hey, at the end of the day, we work for you. So we can put out everything on the table for you, but it's your decision. Um, most of the time. Um but we we have a we have a good good report. I mean I talked to Jalil and Bernard. Sure, we probably talked three or four times at least a day. Um so we 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 have a we have a very very good rapport. Um I talked to Leonard probably four or five times a day. Um I was I was just with Floyd last night all night to about five o'clock this morning.
0: Yeah, man, I saw
4: that, man. I was like,
0: oh, man, he was over here. I missed out. Yeah, yeah.
4: So, you know, and we we talked about, we sat down, man, and talked about Jaleel and his future and, you know, put some business stuff together. Because, you know, at the end of the day, Flo, Floyd is a businessman. And, you know, he, he they, they don't call him TBE for nothing. I mean, he's the, one of the best to ever do it in the boxing, but people don't give him mm-hmm. the credit on the outside. You know for after boxing and how he made that foundation to be able to live even better after boxing than he did during boxing you know he just he just uh, 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 uh they had a grand opening and a ribbon cutting for a skyscraper in new york on friday that's the tallest skyscraper in new york city mm. uh you know and, and it's like he owns If I, if if I'm correct, six or seven skyscrapers in New York, you know, and so, you know, his business, he's like, you know, I want these young kids to have life after boxing, right? Have something to look back on, to live off of after boxing. You know, we were talking about, you know, Jamel and how young he was and how uh, educated he is, where his focus is what to do with his money and what he wants to do after boxing. He's already ahead of the game. Um so yeah we 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 brainstormed man and talked last night for a long time and you know we got we got a couple of we got a
0: couple of surprises coming. Yeah Definitely. I feel I feel you I feel you I know that I know that was like listen <laughs> I know my guy you know Jill Hackett he's a hell of a fighter <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, but we got this business we gonna do it it's all good yeah. but yeah he he's, he's definitely he is definitely a great mind when it comes to business ventures and you know I, I feel like it started you know while you know he was pretty much at the prime of his career because he pretty much sought out what he was going to do five or ten years later and yeah. it, it all executed according to plan and so after that now it's his next step as far as like building his brand, uh, outside of the sport of boxing. So it just doesn't have to be within the sport. It could also be with other ventures as well. So, you know, that's the thing that I don't, I don't think uh, that many people really realize what Floyd Mayweather is, is that he is a great business mind. And I know that, you know, it seems like he wants to, you know, kind of like show off a lot of things here and there, but, behind the scenes he's he's down to business so yeah he could he could have stuff on instagram where it's like tonight it's an episode of you motherfucking haters but even outside of that you know he still you know does his thing where he can make those uh, very good uh, business moves Definitely, definitely, man. I didn't even know my camera wasn't on. I apologize for that. <laughs> oh, that ain't no problem. That, no, that ain't no problem, man. Shout out. I mean, shout out to the background, man. You got the Lynn Bias jersey there and, and all right that. So. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. Yeah.
4: That, that, was, that was
0: like big brother to me. Oh, uh, bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I mean, kind of like going to more of this thing here. You know, like you said, you're there with uh, you know Mayweather promotions, TNT, and all of that. Um, you know, how long were you like, you know, part of it? Because I'm like, you're all around, out and about in D.C. and and things like that. So it's almost like you're kind of like the Leonard elderby B. Jr. or something like that when it comes <laughs> to the D.C. scene. You know what I'm saying? So like, how did that We go way back. You know, me and, me and Leonard
4: go way back. He grew up in D.C. in Northeast off of Bennett Road. And, uh, you know, we've always had a good rapport, a good relationship. Um, I actually known Floyd for years. We actually me and Floyd got real cool um, with Sean Bay, who's my best friend. Uh, Sean Bay fought Floyd in Portland, Oregon, and that whole mm. week leading up to the fight, you know, our families were hanging together, and we just got re- real cool. Um, so that that built that that rel- relationship, and you know, after Sean Bay retired, uh, you know that that opened the door. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so right now, you know, I'm I'm pretty much the East Coast scout and recruiter for Mayweather Promotions, and you know, always always looking for that diamond in the rough, that 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 talent, and um, you know, uh, it was a blessing that you know I came across Jaleel and and found a diamond in the rough.
0: Yeah, feel you feel you. I mean, you know, sometimes it it takes a a lot of groundwork to to find that diamond. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it really. Uh, it really yeah. does. So
4: you know, I get I get calls every day. I get DMs, text messages and saying, Hey, you know, you know, can you come check out my fighter? You know, man, I got somebody special and and you know, I mean, of course everybody gonna pump their child up or somebody they know and say, Yeah, I got the next Floyd Mayweather, I got the next so and so. And you know, just I would rather for you to say, Hey, I got a kid that I think is special. Or, or has the potential to be special, you know, mm-hmm. check out when people start talking about oh he gonna be the next Floyd or he gonna be the next Earl Spence or you know,
0: that kind of though that's a red flag to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I feel you, because in 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 that instance, when they kind of like say that, that's it kind of like throws you off a bit. But yeah. if you know that other people are talking about that particular fighter. Then yeah, you might want to see about you know getting at them right. a little bit to see what they right. talk about because or or, or they tell you I had somebody yesterday tell me yeah everybody trying to sign
4: this kid okay well you didn't give me the person's name so if everybody trying to sign him what what is his name <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah or if everybody or if everybody's trying to sign him then why isn't he signed by anybody why right, yeah right right you know so. Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of tough there when you kind of like deal with you know those that are in the amateur ranks or kind of like have a couple of pro fights here and there, um, yeah. where it's like okay, yeah, I see what this guy's doing, but if he really should stand out above everybody else, then we like other people would probably have known about him already, especially right. in right. in like gyms and stuff like that, because. It's one thing to like see him out there in the ring, but if you got like he's doing this and he's going to different gyms, or like, say, say for example, it don't have to be like Mayweather Gym, it could be like a local gym in DC, well known gym in DC or Baltimore right. or Philadelphia or something like that. And he's going here and there and he's doing work in all of those gyms, but nobody's quite signed him yet. But everybody, all the peers that are in there in their gym say, Hey, that kid is real good. You know right. what I'm saying? But when, you know, people kind of like, you know, pump somebody up, and it's just them pumping them up, that's a whole different story. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, And don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be
4: looking for good talent, but, you know, I don't just look for good talent, I look for good people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I always tell people, they ask me about first meet Jaleel and what really stuck out, and I tell people, What stuck out was, yes, his talent watching him spar, and he was only 15, but more so, more importantly, when he got out the ring and we sat down and talked. You know, um, Mm -hmm. his his mannerism, his intelligence, that's what blew me away. You know, um, work. Yeah, that's what really, really blew me away. So, you know, you got, you got to have more than skill set, you know, I'm, I ain't got time to be dealing with no knuckleheads.
0: <laughs> you <know>? oh, <laughs> yeah, I feel you, man. Sometimes it, it, sometimes, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, a few people that might be very talented, but aren't necessarily, their head is not necessarily completely in, you know, what needs to be uh, done there. So... They could be very good, but all it takes is this one little incident that could just erase all of that. You know, yeah, one little okay. incident could do that. Um and I,
4: I tell the young kids, you know, when you're fighting on a promotion company or a manager, you're representing them just as well as them representing you. I mean, what if what if I'm representing you and I get locked up, like kill somebody? Guess what? That's gonna look bad on you because I'm representing you. And, and it's so it's the same the other way. Um mm-hmm. so, you know you gotta you gotta you gotta be focused outside the ring as well. You know, no matter how good you are. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, but but Jaleel, is a good example. Uh, so the best okay.
0: of the crew that you're around. I didn't hear you. No, I was saying, like, um, you got to have the best representation of yourself and also the best representation of people around you,
4: you definitely, know? Definitely. Definitely. It's very, very, very important. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed right now to be managing Kobe and Jaleel and, uh, you know, Kobe. Just like Jaleel, you know, clean cut kid, doesn't get in any trouble. Um, He stays in the gym, he's focused, very respectable, um, knows how to speak, um, and and just a good person. Um, And I definitely look for Kobe to do big things on October the 29th. Um, It's a great opportunity for him to really take it to the next level where I know he can compete, and I know that he can win a world title. Um, He came up short against uh, King Tug, very, I mean, 10 seconds short. Uh, You take 10 seconds away from that first round, the end of the first round, and he would have been the number one uh, mandatory contender for uh, the WBC belt at at 126. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. I I know his skill set. I know what he can do. And I know that, you know, giving him the right opportunity, uh, putting it with the right people, uh, he will become world champion. And so, you know, uh everything's looking bright for him. Uh, you know, I've I've talked to Floyd and Leonard about him several times and, you know, they wanna see what he does in this fight. And and, you know, then then we gonna we gonna sit down and talk and, and come up with a plan for him.
0: Oh, had no doubt on that, no doubt, because, you know, I've been following his career for, you know, a good amount of years. You know, definitely, you know, we had the, you know, with me and his coach, his trainer there, Coach Floyd Seymour, like, you know, we both are, you know, have background in the Bahamas, so, you know, we had Bahamas and, yeah, and, you know, with Kobe being from Barbados, you know, I deal with, you know, a lot of people from, you know, the Caribbean community here in the Washington, D.C. area, so... You know, right. when it comes to like this next couple of weeks, you know, we're going to be trying to push it to where, you know, a lot of them kind of like know that Kobe Breedy is going to have this uh, main event here. And right. so that, right. you know, you go out and represent them because it's one thing to you know, have, you know, local support, but also support from, you know, Barbados, from Bahamas, of course, Trinidad and all of that. Um, so, you know, I'm definitely letting them know about that, you know, this upcoming fight and this upcoming fight card on October 29th. Great, great, great. We we definitely appreciate you, man.
4: You've always been been a great supporter of us and man, you know, uh definitely, definitely appreciate you. You know, if you want to come out to the fight on the 29th, just let me know and you know, you know, I'm gonna make it happen for you.
0: Oh, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, I, I had already uh, you know, put it put down for the for the credentials, but if anything, uh, I'll let you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, let me you know, know if there's any any issues with that.
4: Give me a call, and I, you know, definitely make that happen for
0: you. Oh, no doubt. We
4: definitely
0: got to have you in (laughs) the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No question. No question. No question, man. Oh, man. But um, was there, like, anything else that you wanted to drop uh, here for uh, anybody, uh, you know, that probably didn't know anything uh, or not know much about, you know, coming up?
4: Man, um, you know, man, I'm I'm pretty laid back and simple, you know. Uh, you know, I, I love boxing, um, been around it all my life, you know. Sean Bay Mitchell, uh, who was a two time world champion. Man, Sean Bay been friends since we were little kids. Um, and you know, still still best friends to this day. And, you know, being being following him being part of his career, you know, um, it taught me a lot. Um, and then, you know, building a relationship with Floyd and Leonard uh got me in it on the business side um and you know i'm still learning but I'm, I'm willing to learn um you know nothing comes easy you know um we actually i talked to floyd last night i've talked to leonard you know putting together uh now that i'm managing fighters um you know starting a management company um and and we just gonna see what see what happens you know um one one thing, one thing about Floyd, they can't say it. One thing about Floyd Leonard, whatever they touch, turn to platinum. So yeah, you know, yeah. But but you know, we just gonna grind, man, and and, and do it the right way. Um, you know, and and definitely, you know, um, if anybody does have a fighter that they're interested in, in, you know, me looking at or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm open. Reach out to me. Uh, I'm on Instagram. DC underscore underscore TMT. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm open to, you know, check out new talent. we
0: always looking for new talent, you know. Right. Gotcha, man. Gotcha. So I guess, you know, uh, sometime next year, I guess we're going to be looking for D. Curry management, you know, out there or something like that, maybe. Oh, uh, no. For- it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's 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 D.C. sports management. Okay, Odyssey there we management. go. Yeah, yeah. Me and
4: Floyd talked about it last night. We had a great, good conversation. Um yeah. So definitely, you know, and it'll be it'll be in conjunction with, with
0: Mayweather promotions. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely like you said, uh want, you got uh, you know, Leonard and, and Floyd on it, then it turns into platinum. So you know definitely yeah. looking forward to you know, you you are getting on out there because you're gonna be you're gonna be out there like Leonard Ellerbee be out there. So we we're definitely gonna be seeing you out there. Hopefully, you're prepared to be in, you know out there in the in the in the in the cameras and all that. Hey, I, I've been out there with them now for a couple
4: of years, so I'm, I'm learning. You know, it's a learning learning process, but you know, I'm learning from the best. so hey, you know, it wouldn't that that's a blessing within itself. Gotcha, no you know, doubt, no people, doubt. A lot of people don't have that opportunity,
0: so right. I got to take advantage of it. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. Yeah, but thank you very much for taking the time to join us here on The Boxing Source, man. Uh, definitely, man, definitely a blessing, man, definitely a blessing, and we're going to be looking out for you on uh, Friday, October 29th, okay. uh, there in the Entertainment and Sports Complex for the Beltway Battles. As you know, you got Jalil Major Hackett that's going to be part of it in the four rounder and of course the main event Kobe is Soja Breedy against man. Suleiman Sagawa for the WBC Continental Americas featherweight title. So definitely going to be out there for that. All
4: right, man. And I I appreciate you, man, um, you know, all the time, man. It's if, if never love, you know, whenever I you know, I'm a phone call away, text message away, you know, whenever, whenever you need me. All right, no doubt, my man, no doubt.
0: All right, man. Have a blessing. All right. You too. All right. So that's our man there, Derek Curry, uh out there for you know Mayweather Promotions. Uh TMT. Of course, you can follow Derek Curry there at DC underscore underscore TMT uh right there. So you definitely uh you know have him uh there available on Instagram and all of that um and he'll be you know out there for uh that event beltway battles around uh, uh, volume one over in the uh, entertainment and sports complex in Washington dc so we've had like two guests uh on here for uh that particular event um we plan to have uh you know, our another uh guest here tomorrow uh that's going to be part of the fight card that's going to be on saturday october 23rd in the state farm arena uh there so um y'all definitely look out for that as well because um it, it's going to be a busy week um you know when it comes to that particular event uh, of course it's going to be uh haven brady uh who was a, a previous uh guest uh, here so he's going to be uh, scheduled to be back on uh that'll be through uh youtube if y'all are able to check that out uh, sometime on Monday. So, um, you are know, definitely, uh, looking forward to, uh, all of that, uh, as well. So, um, you know, that, that kind of like covers, uh, most of the stuff that, you know, wanted to, uh, go through in this particular episode. Uh, um, was there like anything else uh, that you might have, Mike, that we probably didn't go through? Like maybe the thing for Teofimo Lopez and David Haney, um, not sure if you, uh, caught that.
1: Oh, where they were in each other's face talking crap to each other? Yeah. Yeah, Um, I mean, with stuff like that, I could see them sort of selling it, but I still saw in between the lines, I saw the respect in between the lines. Because <clears throat> where I'm from, if two men in each other's face screaming, it doesn't. It doesn't. You know that it doesn't. It doesn't end there. You know that's not. That's not something that happens. You can't be in each other's face screaming. So I, I felt it was more selling. You know, I felt it was more selling. And then the way they were talking to each other, yeah, they were screaming and stuff. But then there was a, in between the lines sort of respectful, undertone. So I think it was mm. it was theatric
0: yeah it kind of looked like theatrics um you know we were talking about uh things here and there about like you know where is the contract like you know haney was talking about what happened to the contract where's the contract and lopez was talking about you know what about you know them uh, meeting up with bob and stuff like that but you know there was also a little bit of an instance where i think teofimo lopez kind of you know, says something they were wasn't supposed to say. And, and some people, you know, feel like he wasn't supposed to say that. Um, and kind of like you got people that looked at the, the video and saying that, hey, you know, because of where he's from, he's from, you know, New York area and the background that he's at that, you know, they kind of like say that all the time and whatever it is. So, um, you know, maybe he has to, Say something about that, but uh you know outside of that I don't know. I'm I'm guessing he said a
1: culturally a cultural word that blown to black people.
0: That that's correct.
1: I mean I, I I wouldn't take unless it's said in the context of like belittling everybody sort of adopt that word i'm not saying it's right in terms of if they have an urban lifestyle even if it's urban to their own community they adopt that word and and try to say it in terms of uh you know like people say that word now when you Mm -hmm. get to uh, people saying it to belittle you then that's that's what the line drawing and then you know like you know we had like white people at my school who who was like cool but but could they say it Uh, Ah uh, you know it just I think it I think brown people, you know their lived yeah. experience is, is similar enough. How about that?
0: Yeah, yeah, they kind of like say in a way, it's similar, um, but when it's it's kind of like to a point where they use the term, but they like use it in a way like they're seriously comfortable with it or they kind of like seem like they go overboard with it then some people have a problem um you know i kind of you know heard about this like recently when it comes to like a fat joe like people bring up fat joe you know him being from you know new york and all that and him having you know of course his background but he was you know out there in the bronx and and how and how you know people just talk about you know how they talk in the bronx And so it was like, hey, that's, that's who, that's how he, you know, went, went through his, uh, you know, upbringing and all of that. But now it just seems like, you know, it kind of is a little bit, you know, I guess, kind of like treading on thin ice uh, when you kind of like use it outside of, you know, your community or where you from or anything like that. So here in the case of Teofimo Lopez, like, with him using it, it is like oh well yeah you might have been you you know you might have been around it when you growing up in, you know the hood where you wet but when you're outside your hood and you're in a whole different you know atmosphere then sometimes you gotta you gotta hold that you gotta hold that back and stuff like that so that's a good point you gotta keep it to your community
1: i was i was trying to think of how i was gonna say that but you said it best you got to keep it to, to your community because if you, you know, Project Pat said, if you ain't from my hood, you can get from around here, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, don't don't get yourself in trouble sending
0: to other people's communities. Work. yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, with that being said, man, um, you know, kind of like to bring the close to this particular episode of the Boxing Source Radio Show. I thank everybody for. Uh, joining in uh, this particular episode. Big thanks to uh, my contributor, big contributor here, Mike Grady. And of course, he yeah, had Kobe and Soulja Breedy on with Coach Floyd Seymour. And then uh, we also had DC himself, Derek Curry, uh, joining us from TMT, The Money Team, Mayweather Promotions, um, you know, talking about uh, what's coming up on Friday, October 29th. But uh, we will be back at it here uh, sometime next week, uh, as we kind of like go over uh, what was what will be happening uh, over in Atlanta, um, and uh, what happens with that uh, title fight. Alongside, uh, you got Nico Ali Walsh. It's also part of that card. Uh, and like I said, you got Haven Brady also part of that card uh, among and also Evan Holyfield is scheduled to be part of that card as well in Atlanta. Um, so we're going to kind of go through uh, most of that in the uh, podcast next week. But like I say, at the end of every show, folks, the point of boxing is a hit and I can hit not the same trade on that note. I'm out. Have a good evening, everybody.